This week's Major Spoilers podcast is designed to make me apologize to at least 60% of the people for horribly butchering their name, and goes out to Fabian Cunet, David Marble, Ihaz Faruqi, Michael Krug, and Antonio Sanciolo. And the sad part is, the sad part is, they are all fine spoilerites, and I shouldn't make fun of their names, but I'm kind of a jerk like that. And this one goes out to they. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast... Rodrigo and I'm Stephen. I've been listening to the Major Spoilers podcast. 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 The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue four three five of the Major Spoilers podcast. The alternate show, the one that breaks away from our normal routine and allows us to discuss just about anything. Zach is back again. Hello. How are you doing, Zach? People don't know you, Zach. Zach. Tell us, tell us about yourself. Uh, I am six two. I have a full head of hair. I... <laughs> He's the skinniest of all of us. Yes, by far. Yeah, that's like being the valedictorian at night school. <laughs> Long walks on the beach. I love the beach, in. except when there's crabs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, never mind. What, uh, how did you get into comic books? You. you remember your first comic book? Yeah. What was it? Uh, Green Lantern Rebirth. Oh, okay. Mother now, did you get into it before you took my class? Uh, I had attempted to read Watchmen. Oh, okay. And Ooh, that's a hard one. When to the start movie with. came out, I was like, "Oh, it's a comic. I'll try to read it." I didn't get very far. Oh, so you just you're relatively real. I mean, really, really, really new. yeah, really pretty new. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I did not know that. I thought you'd been Fresh reading comic books. No, because Zach Weird. took a. You know, I teach this class on uh, comics to film uh, every couple of years when I feel like it. And oh, I, I was in, to... a little before that, about six months before that. So oh, it was okay. the last fall, right? Uh, da, 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 da. yeah, about a year ago. Yeah, yeah, it was six months before that. Okay, all right. So, yeah, so that's that's only been the, a year and a half. Relatively, or so that you've been the Flashpoint was the first thing that happened when I was reading comics. Hmm. Wow. So Okay, Zach, know. what year were you born? I was born in 1991. Nice, nice. <laughs> Spider-Man was married before you were born. Oh, man. Matthew, Zach, I am, I'm, Matthew and I were already in college when Zach was born. Uh, you know, it, I'm, I'm really glad you're here because it is exhausting to be the youngest <laughs> person it? here. Awesome. Yeah, because everything, anything I say, I, if it has any sort of a timestamp on it, these two guys freak out. <laughs> I was already in college when that happened. Oh yeah, My it's name it's. Is Rodrigo, and I'm I mean, it's you. creepy when you think about it that there are people that are starting college today yeah. that were not even born when I had graduated college with an undergraduate degree. Well, you, you are the oldest. So. Oh, I am. Uh, but it's just yeah, it's why, weird. Why? It's weird that you know, uh, and I like to think that I'm still relatively young, even sure, though I'm not sure. all hip to all the terms with the uh, right. With the uh, the snookies and all that, uh, <laughs> with all the, the, wash, s- wash, all the snookies and the octomoms and the, the Olympiads, yes, and the wash tan rinse repeat thing. Right. So, but I like to think I'm still in that and in that yellows. in that same kind of you know group as as Zach is. But then I'm like sitting there and I'm like, holy crap, 
he's only like 21, and I'm like <laughs> so, 20 uh, years older than you know, he now, is. Now, now that we're talking about basically adulthood, what, what I've come to realize is that you are never in the same group as the kids. Like, as soon mm-hmm. as there are kids that are easily identifiable that you're not, you're no longer in the group with the kids. Right, right, right. The important thing is the other way around, is when the kids catch up to you. And that's fun. Yeah. Like, oh, when they make the sudden well, realization. Even and that, I are, uh, are out yeah. of all of the desirable demographics, too. Right. I mean, so so eventually, you know, it's it's really great when you have somebody coming in and say, you know, I want to get into comics. I want right, to right, get right. into you know, Doctor Who or whatever. Right, right, right. They've never seen it before. You're already experienced with it and be like, hey, read this and then get their opinion about it and, you know, start constructing, like that person starts building into having a an, an adult perspective on fun things. That, to me, is the most exciting thing about young younger people than me growing up and, 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 and kind of uh, striking out on their own is seeing where that person's going to go. Kind of like... Uh, Rodrigo keeps getting older and they stay the same age. <laughs> it kind of is. I mean, especially you know, from someone that teaches mm-hmm. or deals with kids on a regular basis, kids that I deal with are constantly between the ages of 18 and 25. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. Always between the ages of 18 and 25. And then when they gr- once they graduate... They disappear. They disappear, and I really don't see them again until they come back and say, man, I should have listened to you more. When, ah. <laughs> you know, that's when you realize that, that when they become adults, where they mm-hmm. suddenly realize that they were idiots in college. And, right. Um, but yeah, it's it's that weird thing where you're in that constant flux of that same age group and, of, and, of and, people. And for me, it's like that because that the easiest way to find a gaming group is by finding a college, as far as I'm concerned, especially in a smaller town or a town that doesn't have any sort of like gaming culture to it right 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 so yeah i mean i keep or any culture culture (laughs) um so yeah i mean i would go to the university where steven teaches right and just hang out and play magic with people and suddenly i started realizing that i was playing with people who were born in the 90s and i was like how is that even possible (laughs) but it is and it's happening and you just gotta kind of gotta roll with it so zach as you're as you're coming into this uh this wonderful world of comics, what has struck you the most as, as the most interesting or the most bizarre or whatever? Well, the be most you, whatever. You shut up, the most shut up you. Whatever. You. No, uh, I think independent comics, I think when I first got in, it was like, oh, you can only read DC or Marvel. And then uh-huh. I was like, oh, wait, what's this Scott Pilgrim thing about? And what's this lock and key? That's interesting. When did it? When did comics click for you? Was it with Rebirth or was it something else? Was it with uh, Scott Pilgrim or Lock and Key when you suddenly... Because I think actually you were the one that had read Lock and Key before I read it. Oh, I know no. it's one of oh, my no. students. I don't think so. One of my students was carrying around. was like, what's this? Oh, it's Lock and Key. I got it at Hastings. You should go check it out. I was like, okay. And that's when I got hooked on it. Well, might maybe have, it maybe been, not a year and a half because I've been reading Lock and Key for a while. But, yeah, it might have yeah, been yeah. D&D Brian. Might have been some other skinny hipster doofus. Oh, D and D Brian isn't all that skinny. <laughs> so, what is the most? Uh, what is the most? I guess eye-opening thing since you've gotten into this world of comics. Um, I like that Twitter is fun with comic people because you oh, find okay. yeah, uh, yeah. writers and artists, uh-huh. and they're not like all stuck-up pricks. Like you think, oh, they might be. Uh-huh. So Hello. that's nice. Mm-hmm. Hello, hey Gail uh, Simone, how are you? <laughs> no, no, just you know some some professions you think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like, no they're all they're all really cool yeah I mean, no they're all really nice like gail and open and, like brian michael bendis yeah. oh the the atomic robo team it's hilarious to watch them tweet at each other yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. almost like matthew and i but yeah actually more fun yes <laughs> but, but almost like matthew you but fun <laughs> um yeah so that's cool what else anything else 
What uh, are you reading now that's most are, exciting for what you? What am I reading now? Uh, Thunder. So, Thunder. No, uh, Saga <laughs> has been really, really good. Oh, from Image from Comics? Image. Mm-hmm. Um, I did start reading Atomic Robo. I had a sale on Comixology. I picked up all those. Cool. Those are nice. Good. Uh, we'll take I've, one away, one of those strikes that you earned last episode. Thank you. What did I rack up? Like five? <laughs> yeah, three like from that. you and two yeah. from Matthew. Yep. Uh, I've actually started reading a lot <laughs> Lucky more. Lucky for you, we don't actually know how <laughs> baseball works. <laughs> uh, I've been reading a lot more Marvel, so that's been fun. I'm slightly excited for the Marvel now, just because like things will. Yeah, change it's a ground level and, thing. That yeah, you can yeah, get yeah. Into. yeah. I always thought like uh, I got into DC really big because of Flashpoint, and it's like ooh, an issue one, I can read about Batman and sure, sure. these owl people, and so I thought Marvel's continuity was a lot deeper mm-hmm. going in to mm-hmm. comics so i shied away from that and then i finally just started reading like amazing spider-man and stuff so that is interesting i'll be checking out some of those books okay what else what else do we want to know about zach um i don't know that's enough for me i already know more <laughs> about him than i know about rob and i've known him for years <laughs> all right matthew you have any questions for young zach here you like gladiator movies? Do you get that reference? Uh, Rob? No. No. no? Okay. Oh. The, the gladiator movie references. No. What? So have you ever no, seen no. the movie Airplane? Yes, I have. Okay. Okay. So, that is used in that movie. Yes. So. That, okay. That, that is, well, that's no. where that's from. Then I didn't pick up on gotcha, that gotcha. right away. Right. That's I okay. Seen most of it, though. That's okay. Many of Matthew's jokes goes over people. <laughs> like an airplane. <laughs> like, like an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. We're happy to have uh, Zach here for a couple of weeks, and uh, just like Rob, we'll rotate uh, some different people in and out. Um, interesting, I don't know if you guys checked this out um, this past week, maybe it was two weeks ago, I forget. Over at the Major Spoilers website, they've released the trailer for Doctor Who season, what are we, seven? Seven. Technically, seven. it's much more than that, but uh, it's a modern iteration. Series, it's series seven series of the, seven. New, uh, the new series. So let me, before we get into that, um, somebody asked really quick, I want to get into Doctor Who, where do I start? Rodrigo? I would say, I would I would definitely say the place to start is series one of the new series. So Eccleston. You, mm-hmm. Yes, uh, the, the, the Eccleston one. You will know it because there is a tall guy with a cool jacket and a buzz cut and a pretty blonde girl on the cover. And they of, talk of English. The, yes, and they all talk all English-like. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That that is, I think, the easiest way to get into Doctor Who if you're a young type person. But Zach we're looking style. at what seven years now of of that, right? Mm-hmm. Is that um, too much? Can no, I just I jump into Matt Smith and you can you 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 definitely can. But I would say start there because that's where the new series starts out, and that's what will allow you to sort of experience the whole thing. And it's readily available. Sure, too. it is. I mean, it's on Netflix. Um, you know, uh, I can I can definitely see an argument for starting. Somewhere in the old series, right? Um, definitely with the uh, more popular hat and scarf doctor. You know, I mean, a lot of people are are way into that. But you know, if you are relatively young, are used to current TV, those episodes are going to be paced really oh, yeah. slowly. I think I watched so, what, what was it? The Three Doctors, Matthew. I sat and watched that a. About six months ago, and I was like, oh, my God, the pacing on this is just it's, so slow. It's just, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. Right, right, right. But the pace is going to seem super slow for you. Yeah, 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 So I would say start with a new series, and once you decide whether you like it or not, 
And you'll then, know after about the yeah. first five episodes. Yeah, after of, five episodes, you'll either be sold or you'll be like, this is no, makes no sense. Matthew, do you agree with that assessment? Uh, maybe. Kind of. Sort of. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I think if you jumped into David Tennant's run, I mean, it's, I mean, granted, you're only skipping a year. You're only missing out a year with Eccleston. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. But I think you could start with David you Tennant. Know, David Tennant's run is all about the relationship with Rose, which starts... Right, that's true. ...before that. Uh, definitely the first season there, of, of David Tennant's run. There's a lot in there that's about the relationship changing. Right. Right, right. Any thoughts, Matthew? What about you, Zach? Is, uh, are honestly, you into Doctor I would Who? Start, uh, I would start with season 17 or 18. Okay. And then work your way forward. And which Doctor would that be? Season 7. Oh, that would be the tail end of the fourth Doctor as he dies horribly. Oh, and goes into, uh, into the fifth. Okay. All what about you, Zach? Do you watch any Doctor Who? Uh, I've started getting Doctor Who. I, my first episode I saw was the last season was with Matt Smith was season six or whatever. Uh-huh. And I watched the first episode or the first two, whatever. And I watched that, and that's where he dies with the right, astronaut, right. Right, right? right, right. So I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'll go back on Netflix and watch the season one with Eccleston. And they referenced the astronaut killing him in there. Oh, really? And I, like, lost my mind. I was like, this, I'm going to start right here. Mm. But I've only made it through the first season, but I like it. Wow, I didn't know they made a reference that far back. I know they do that, uh, that wolf references Mm -hmm. is used, whatever, throughout, but I didn't know about that. Yeah, so I figured if they're going to go that deep into stuff, I might as well just stop right there and go. So season seven is almost upon us, and Mm -hmm. the trailer has arrived, and it looks awesome. I mean... Daleks as far as the eye can see. A very limp Amy Pond. Uh, Probably your favorite character of all time looks like she's coming back. Yeah, oh, now totally. You you can't uh, pass up, uh, what's her face? uh, River Song. River Song. Good good times. And then there is an interesting thing where it looks like the, uh, the angels... Uh, that we've the weeping angels mm-hmm. uh, look like they're coming back, but maybe not the weeping angels, but definitely a weeping baby angel, like a weeping cherub. Yes, or uh, cherub or whatever. So, what do you, what do you think of that? I, I mean, uh, I, I, have you seen Blink? Have you watched Blink yet? Probably no. not. No, I haven't got it, go watch it. It's it's really a great great episode. Rodrigo, what oh, rocks wait. about Blink? Uh, Blink is Blink has everything. Uh, uh, it, 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 that I want in a Doctor Who episode. I, not everything that I want in every Doctor Who episode, which is kind of a compl- like a complicated statement, but right. um, I really like the Doctor Who episodes where the Doctor isn't the center of it. Like right, right. somebody else who is kind of peripherally touching on the weirdness of the Doctor mm-hmm. is, is involved. And, you know, this story has that. It has, you know, all of your fantasy science fiction stuff going on. It has some like a, a truly, truly scary adversary for a normal person to deal with. Um, it's got crazy time travel and not just TARDIS time travel. It's a it's a mystery. Right. It's got all these cra- all of these things just coming together to make just an absolutely fantastic episode. Right. It, Definitely, one hundred percent one of my favorite I, I top two probably episodes of Doctor Who. I would say it's probably my favorite doctor who episode it, it, yeah i mean it, it's in the running for me definitely uh although the uh one with the uh the aliens that you turn and you don't you oh, look the, away like in your the, memory the silence yeah yeah the silence matthew what about blink for you is that a great episode or not so great episode for you blink is a very good episode 
Um, it may be the best of its season. Uh, is that the same season as Love and Monsters? That would be Ninth Doctor from 2006. Probably yeah, Love and that's, Monsters. That's season. the Martha Jones Blink was season. Tenth Doctor episode. Yeah, Blink was Tenth Doctor. It's a Martha. It's the Martha Jones season. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, Blink was a Tenth Doctor episode, and Love and Monsters was a Rose episode. So it came before that. I would say, yeah, Blink is probably one of my favorites. And I really want, you know, Sally Sparrow to get her shot at being an official companion at some point, just showing up. You know, that now that you mention that, especially with the death of um, Martha Jones, as that, that character, uh, the person who played uh, the Martha, not Martha Jones, the... Um, Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane Chronicles. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, what? Martha Jones, I've got a thing for her, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the Sarah Jane Chronicles, with the death of that character, that would be kind of a way to... Have some kind of an ongoing series. Oh, uh, like with Sa- Sally Sparrow yeah, Adventures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, I really like Blink. I mean, the first time I sat there and watched it, I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh, yeah. oh crap! Look what they're doing here!" And then it was over, and I was like, "Wow, what a great episode!" And then we get right, inter- and, and and hilarious moments like oh, the yeah, moments yeah, yeah. when with, she realizes with the, with the that tape she starts talking and back she, and yeah, forth with DVDs and you know and every yeah. time every time the doctor appears, oh, it's hilarious. Warning. It's okay. I'll well, it, I'm trying to keep it vague. And then so then we jump forward. It's got to be only one season. Mm-hmm. We jump forward when we uh, get. get uh, your f- no, because there's still a uh, the the um oh what is her name the next companion. There's still a whole season of that. Yeah, Martha, Martha Jones. Uh, nope. No. Mar- that's that was the Martha Jones season. After that, there's the redhead that uh, not everybody. Donna. Donna. Yeah, Donna. The, Donna, yeah, the Donna Noble Donna. season, right? Steven, yeah, I, I Steven's forgot all about non favorite companion. Yes, of all time. Um, so but we didn't see. No, we do not see the Blink Angels until the new Doctor comes on. Right, and then we get your River Song. Right, set in the future, mm-hmm. hitting on a spaceship. And there's something going on, and we look around, and there's angels freaking everywhere, and one of them invades Amy Pond's eye. Right. Hangs out on an eyeball. What's wrong with that? That sounds like awesome. No, I mean, it's the Blink Angels are back. Yeah, the Blink Angels are back. Oh, man, this is awesome. Yeah, totally. No, I hate it. Why? Because Blink was a perfect episode, and, uh, you know, I, I, I understand that a lot of people hate that guy. And in in a way, I am being that guy that says, "Why would you do anything else?" Because this was perfect. But that's how I feel about Blink. I think because for several reasons, when you expand something, anything, any uh, a- any concept, chances are you're especially a concept that was meant to be a standalone concept. Right. Uh, you are going to have to change things. Right. In Blink. What the weeping angels do is they send you to it. Yeah, to the past or so, sorry, Zach. It's okay. They, they they send you to a different timeline or they right. they like screw up your timeline and that's what they eat is right. basically they eat your time energy, and you end up in the past. That's not what they do anymore, right? Because that's not scary enough. Yeah, yeah. So in order to make them a threat, uh, in the level of the Daleks or whatever, they had to increase their morbidity you know like mm-hmm. it had to be that they rip out your voice box and they talk to the doctor through it right 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 um they had to do other things that were different they had to change the way that 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 perfect little nutshell of an episode operated to make the angels work from here on out but isn't can't you say the same thing then about the daleks or the cybermen or any of the other big 
recurring villains that you see in uh, in Doctor Who, or even some of the other neutral characters like the uh, the Ood or anything like that? Um, I mean, we've got to keep adapting the Daleks to where, haha, we'll run up these stairs. Oh no, these Daleks can fly now. Right, right. But you know, I mean, the Ood are a good example of when the Ood first appear. They're a servant race, right? right? And that episode is not about the Ood. It's about other stuff happening. Right. Like, there's other stuff going on. We don't deal with the Ood until, like, two seasons later right. when they're like, what is the deal with the Ood? Right. And that was more of a seed that was planted there. And they're like, we might come back and revisit it. We might not. It doesn't But then all of a sudden, matter. the Ood become an important yeah, aspect the, the of the Doctor, especially aspect. with that, whatever the song or whatever that they were yeah, yeah. picking up on. Yeah, it's basically like the, like, they are one of those things that are, of course, incredibly necessary for uh, the Doctor to have some sing-songy way that tells that he's going to have a regeneration. Right, right, right. Which I've also come to be annoyed with, but that's, <laughs> that's a different conversation. Well, this is something that I brought up, I don't know, many, many episodes ago. When you are a kid mm-hmm. and you and your friends are out playing Cowboys and Indians, that's something that Zach people my age used to mm-hmm. play when we were young. Right. Interesting. Or, or Cops and Robbers. Right. Um, you would have a, or especially after Star Wars came out, where you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, you could be Darth Vader and I'll be Luke Skywalker and we'll go out and have this fantastic battle. Zoom, zoom, blah, 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 blah. Ah, no ah, that was awesome. Ah. Wait, wait, swing and your, your, your sword, I'm going to jump over it. Ah, awesome. But then after you're done with that round of play, you're like, oh, that was so awesome how we did that. Let's do it again. And then all of a sudden it's not as awesome the second mm-hmm. time around and then you try to recapture that magic. Is that what they're? Do you think that that's what's happening here with uh, the the, the absolutely? Blinking I mean, people have you know after Blink happened, people were like, "That was an amazing episode." Bring back the angels. Bring yeah, the back the angels. angels. Bring yeah. back the weeping angels. Please, 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 somebody bring back the weeping angels. And my thought is, don't. Don't ask that. You you know, fools, you know not what you do. Don't ask for awesome things back because they will not be awesome but, anymore. But don't we see that happen again and again in comics? I mean, don't we see, like yes. we were talking in the previous episode with uh, Spider-Man Blue where we're dwelling on Gwen Stacy's death. Yep, it's like, here we are 25 years later, 70-something 70, 70 to 2,000-some, 30 years later, and... Let's dredge up I Gwen mean, Stacy and let's is... tell that story again because so many people remember it. Or people could argue this is what's going on with the current run of writers over at DC Comics where it's like, hey, let's bring back the Silver Age because that's the age of comics that we love the best and we're going to rehash it and redig it up. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that is, you know, when was the last time that I reviewed a superhero single issue on the podcast? Yeah, it's a probably Ghost a right or something or yeah probably a, a, a long time ago and that's one of the things one of the reasons why i'm annoyed at superhero comics in general is because that when you have a conversation that is like was this character alive or dead at this point and you realize that that happened in between two of their deaths right right it's like that there's no point in death. There's no point in anything happening right. to this character. He's just going to come back to life. There's no danger. There's no issue. You know, the more that you do that awesome story, but it's that same awesome story, the more you detract from it. You know, the less awesome the original becomes. So, Matthew, I'd like to get some feedback from you on this because you and I have been watching the the Doctor since before Rodrigo and Zach were born. Mm-hmm. We've been reading comics no, for all these years. Days. 
the 1980s. Uh, you know, I remember going to a doctor. My first convention ever was a Doctor Who convention. Awesome. In Kansas City. I thought that was the the awesome. They had a full-size TARDIS there. Some of the writers from the series were there. It was like nerd nirvana. And I was like, I don't remember, 12 or something like that. Nerd, so Nerdvana. Yeah, before nerdvana. you were born. Um, so, Matthew, I, I, should we create something awesome and then just knock it off, as, as Rodrigo's asking people to do? Well, I mean, honestly, that's kind of the nature of, of successful franchising. That pr- the problem comes when you try and draw that line between, yes, the Weeping Angels were really great as a one-time foe, and they were really killer in that first appearance, and then they're completely different in the second appearance. You guys know that I love Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm. Jadzia Dax is identified throughout Star Trek Deep Space Nine as a member of a race called the Trill. Right. And the Trill have all these things, and these things happen. But if you go back to the episode where they introduced the Trill in Star in Trek Star The Trek. Next Generation, right. season four or five. It's like uh, she's the a Trill, guy. Yeah, the Trill in that episode are completely and utterly nothing like what the Trill that Jadzia was eventually became. And right. if you go back to the first appearance of the Ferengi in yeah, yeah, episode yeah. number four or whatever, yeah, yeah. none of them are anything like what Quark would eventually become. And I think that you have to give you have to kind of give your, your, your characters and your situations room to expand. So is that your expanding distance theory then, Rodrigo? Does uh, that play to into a, a... To a certain degree it is. Um, yeah. the, well, the thing is, it, is the, the, the expansion dissonance comes from the uh, retaining right. of things that no oh, longer yeah, yeah. make sense. So uh, really it's not because as they go, they're retconning things. They're saying, oh, well, this is why the Weeping Angels work differently now. Hmm. Okay. So no, it's, it's, it's just, that is just a personal dissonance of not liking that, but okay. uh, it just comes down to my taste. But I mean, I mean, really, Matthew, if do we really need to keep rehashing? I don't know. Should we have just let Barry, uh, Barry Allen be dead? Yes, wasn't we absolutely <laughs> should have. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of the same thing that, that Rodrigo's getting at, is that, you know, it was great when Barry Allen was dead. He sacrificed himself to save the entire universe. Remember how great Barry Allen was? Yes, let's bring him back. Told, none of the stories that they've told since Barry Allen's return actually require the presence of Barry Allen. Any of those stories could have been told, especially since they retconned Barry's marriage anyway, could have been told with Wally West. True. Well, yeah, they could have retconned his marriage and kids. Right. This is the thing that you look at, though. The same physical process, the same mechanical steps that led to the return of the Daleks in, you know, Power of the Daleks in 1966 being such a big honking deal is what happened when we brought back the Weeping Angels. The Daleks in their first appearance change a little bit and have definitely changed in the 50 years since. Right. And I think that that that's that's normal and that's desirable and that's how your concept, you know, that's how your concept goes. The doctor himself literally went through that kind of change. In season 3 when the actor, you know, had an illness and they're like, "What are we going to do? This is a really popular show. I know, let's recast him. How are we going to make that work?" It's the same process when they said, let's bring back the Weeping Angels, only this time they're going to live in Amy's eye, and they're not going to send you back in time. They're going to be all like, ooh, boogity, boogity, boogity. So 
I think that Rodrigo has a very good point in that the new Weeping Angel stories do diminish the impact of Blink as a one-time awesome episode. And what Blink was as a one-time awesome episode is really, really good. But it's kind of that comic book argument of does you know the, the audacity of one more day make Amazing Spider-Man 123 less interesting? I mean, one more day was a story where, like, nope, Peter's not married anymore and all these things. Nope, that never happened in Bloody Bloody Blue. That doesn't change the fact that it was really kind of cool when, you know, he and Mary Jane got married. Or there were those cool stories that Todd McFarlane did where they were acting like a young married couple and they got thrown out of their house and all these things happened. Those stories are still there and they're still awesome. Sure. They only seem diminished when you look at things as a whole blink as an episode, I can go watch right now. It's on my DVR. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can go watch it now on the Netflix probably. Yep. But or the iTunes, all you have to do or the, and you you can tell that you can tell that we're old because we keep including the in front of everything. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Netflix and the entire webs. Yep. All you have to do is create your selective continuity. Do you guys remember when the X-Men died in 1986 and didn't come back? (laughs) I think Rodrigo was It was a terrible moment. They went to Dallas, and Wolverine was there, and he got blown up, and they all died in Dallas, and they never came back. Okay, Zach. Zach, do you remember that time that the Earth blew up? <laughs> uh, I can't recall. And that, Yeah, the Earth blew up, and they brought all of us to this new planet on the giant space arc, <laughs> and the government decided they weren't going to tell all the really, really stupid people. Beca- oh. Sorry. So, so really my issue specifically with the Weeping Angels and with a lot of comic book stuff, I mean, you talk about when we read Spider-Man Blue. Right. Um, yes. The, uh, literally, Peter Parker, as he's, you know, narrating this, he says, now you have to remember, back then I had never fought a guy as tough as the Rhino. Right. The Rhino, nowadays, is a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back then he was scary. Uh-huh. Why is the rhino now a joke? Probably because we've seen him so much. Because we need bigger guys that are scarier, well, and, and even, the rhino has kind of become a grunt. Well, I it's think the same even thing with the vulture is kind of the same way. Because absolutely. whenever they brought him back in this uh, Sinister Six, whatever story that they did you know, recently, he's just a real big joke. The the juggernaut went from being a like the scariest oh, yeah, yeah. threat yeah. to. The same thing, being a a, a, a big, muscly, oh, yeah. dum-dum head. I, I remember in 80... When would the Juggernaut be... When was he first introduced? 1963 or 4. Okay. He's from X-Men number 11. I just, I just remember being in middle school, and this guy that I never really liked that much because he's kind of a bully was always coming up going, Oh my God, you got to read this Juggernaut. And I was like, I don't really care to read any of that stuff. Cause no, that name, stuff's for nerds. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, and then he was like, I want to beat you up if you don't read the Juggernaut. Oh, uh, and I was like, well, okay, I'll pretend to read it. Sacred James of Sycorax, I'm reading. But I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are times where, you know, the Juggernaut was mm-hmm. the biggest bad and people so, were all over it like Sabretooth and Wolverine. So uh, perhaps, maybe my problem is that I do want to take the long view of things. I do want to step back and say, how is this as an as an oeuvre? And every time the doctor fights the Daleks, right, uh-huh. he goes, oh, no. They're back. The Daleks are back. But if you look at just this last season, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's all good. A, just it's all good. A, if you look at just the from Eccleston through um, Matt Smith run, right? Um, how many times has he fought the da- Daleks? The answer is twenty. 
Really? Probably no. Fewer than that. I was going to say. But that's I what it feels like. like four or five. When when the Daleks show up, the Doctor's response should be, "Not again!" Yeah, and yeah. he should treat them like the cockroaches that they've become. Yeah, yeah. Because every time the Doctor meets them, he wipes them out, yeah, yeah. except for that one that gets away, and he makes new Daleks. Yeah. Nowadays, the Daleks aren't that scary. And yeah, they kill thousands of people, but so do a lot of other things that the Doctor faces. Yeah. Um, you know, in the end, the Daleks aren't that scary because we he, we keep running into them. I, I can see your point. Matthew, anything you want to add? Or Zach, anything you guys want to add? Maybe it's, maybe it's a question of the way we approach the material. If you look at, you know, to go back to that Star Trek uh, frame of reference, every third episode of the original 79 is about something so powerful that they've never encountered anything that powerful before. Yeah. And as we, you know, as we get further and further into it, by the time we're in next generation, they're like, Oh, warp 13. I've heard of that. Um, you know, Jean, Jean Luc Picard, knowing what Aldebaran whiskey was when to Scotty, it was green. It changed the perspective on things. You know, it, it wasn't a wild new frontier with cowboys blazing out into it. And I think that may be true of, you know, a lot of things, but Doctor Who specifically as well. You're not necessarily going out into the wild, wild world of sports. There's 50 years of continuity that has to, you, you have to at least address the fact that this 50 years of stuff has happened. You know, throw a Santaran in the background here or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. toy with the fact that all three of the latest companions appeared as different characters in the show before they were in the show. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have to you have to kind of address that sort of thing and you have to be able to say, well, maybe this did happen. And for instance, the juggernaut juggernaut, I think what ruined him was probably X X three where he was the juggernaut. And he was angry. Nah, the, the juggernaut, the juggernaut, like the juggernaut was a a a a, a stupid mook in the '90s X Men cartoon. Okay. So that that had already happened oh. in the '90s. They they mooked him. It was probably the '90s. The it, '90s it, ruined uh, everything. They hey, to a, to a large hey. degree they did. Um, but it's sort of in the way that pickling ruins an egg. It's like, have you ever had a pickled egg? Good it's Lord, like, no. It's like the worst, the wor- it combines the worst two things about a pickle and an egg, like the worst features of a pickle and an egg, and that's why it's delicious. That's like the 90s in comics to me. It's a pickled Pickle, egg. Pickled <laughs> yes. eggs are pretty good. And the best part is, you know, they only made one jar of pickled eggs. <laughs> and they dispersed it around the world, and for the last 17,000 years, we've been eating that batch of pickled and, eggs. And it's still also, just as good one- as the day they were made. Yes, they are just as good yes, now exactly. as they were then. Comparatively speaking, their quality will never be higher. <laughs> than now. Well, I don't know. Uh, do you get that same way about food? About eating yeah. too much of the same no, thing? I, well, yeah, I mean... Um... <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, sneeze there. Uh, I, I guess I... I have been lamenting lately about how bad Pizza Hut pizza has become uh-huh. when compared to the pizza that I remember from the late 70s and early 80s from Pizza Hut. The theoretical a, pizza of your mind. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just that there is a different taste to it today than what it was 
25 years ago or 30 mm-hmm. years ago. And I'm sure not sure. Your taste buds haven't well, changed. and that, that could be part of it, too. But it seems like, hey, we're now got something that has cheese in the crust, or we now have this, and we have this, and then all of a sudden it just feels like uh, there's a crap ton more sodium added in, and the order in order to maximize profit dollar, we are going with a lower quality meat product, and so it tastes different than what I remember it. Does that happen to you, Matthew? Does food taste different to you than it did? Do you think it's only because of your taste buds, or is it because well, they're constantly going in and tinkering with stuff? Part of it is that I only really, you know, slowed down and started actually tasting the food in my late twenties. Yeah. <laughs> Usually before that, it was just one of those things. Right, right, right. But your your taste buds do change, and honestly, any number of things could be affecting your taste buds. It could be affecting the food. I agree that the pizzas aren't necessarily the same as they were in our youth, but at that point, they had the priazzo, and if you remember the priazzo, it basically don't tell me that's like a cookie. A pizza. <laughs> a pizza stuffed between two pieces of drywall was basically a priazzo. You could you could take a priazzo today and you could you could probably throw it halfway across the room, put a hole in the window. By the way, cannolis are cookies, but no, more no. importantly, more importantly, I think what what we're dealing with is it's kind of um, and I'm going to go off on a tangent again because hi, I'm Matthew. Welcome to the show. When we were in school, you remember that psychology class, or was it Ed Yarmer who took that with me, where they talked about crystalline memory versus liquid memory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're little, you learn things, and that's your liquid memory. And you learn that you know fire is hot and, and the ground is hard when you fall out of a tree. As you age, your crystalline memory kicks in, and you, you instead of learning fire is hot, you put it in a frame of reference where you remember that fire was hot. So... You know, you think, wow, that metal is likely to be hot. I'm not going to even try to touch it. Whereas a young person might sit down in the 160-degree weather on the metal seat and run around like Mario going, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. As that crystalline memory kicks in, I think what it does is it immediately evokes the comparison oh, of, that could be right. this was so much better when I was a kid. Because how many times, you know, I work in a comic shop. How many times do you hear, I like this story better when it was called Fantastic Four number well, 50. Again, it's because we're rehashing Jack- that same idea again and again and again. Mm-hmm. But are we really rehashing it? Or are the fans too ingrained to accept the new bits of it? I mean, look at the new 52. The change is all bad. And you know, the worst part about the new 52 and what I keep hearing repeatedly is change is bad, but they didn't change Batman enough, so that's even worse. And Green Lantern didn't change at all, so that's even worser than worse. Change is bad, but not changing is also bad. So basically, mm. bad is bad, and is is, depending on what the definition of is is. Bad. And then we're cha Anything to add on that, Rodrigo? Oh, uh, God, not on that. All right. <laughs> then on that note, let's end this episode. And let's say, listeners, should Pizza Hut have ever changed the formula? No. <laughs> should, once something good is created, like Blink, should we just stop doing it? Should we stop bringing it back? Should we stop digging it up? Should we stop remaking uh, everything? Go to the comments section. No. Share your thoughts. Share your ideas. Um, let us know. And then on the next Major Spoilers Link podcast... Link based on the punk band of the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. All right. 
next time on the Major Spoilers Podcast. Daredevil Yellow. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com, and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. If I had the X-ray vision of a Superman, I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic bookstore guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Star Raven it's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers It's copyright 2012